My guest today is the returning Frankie Pellets. You may remember that Frankie is the co-host of two excellent podcasts. First, Red and Buried with Sarah, Crime Book Podcast, and the second with Geek for alum Adam Roach, The Labors of Hercule, which looks at the series Agatha Christie's Poirot. Frankie now ties Adam for number of appearances on Geek 4. Frankie's actually become a really good friend and a great supporter of the show. It was fun to just have her back to talk about anything. Last time, we talked about her love of David Suchet and his portrayal of Poirot. This time, I wanted to talk to her about her love of true crime. The conversation goes in many different directions. Uh, It was a lot of fun to have. We talk about uh, true crime. We talk about serial killers. We talk about bad Canadian rap. Uh, I introduced her to some truly horrifying music from the early 1990s in Canada. I hope that you all have as much fun listening to this podcast as I had having this conversation. This is Geek 4, a podcast about fans, fandom, and fan culture. I'm Dr. Michael Boyce. Everyone likes something, but what are you a geek for? Frankie, welcome back. It is so Hi. nice to talk to you again. Thanks. You are a real glutton for punishment. Why would you have me back? <laughs> oh, well, you know, you know. Um, I I like to talk to fun people and you are the funnest. So you can keep thinking of yourself as this horrible person, but you're totally not. Well, I will. So thank you. (laughs) All right. All right. That'll show you. Last time we talked about your love of the fictional detective, Hercule Poirot, specifically David Suchet's uh, performance. And your podcast is doing really, really well. Yeah. Turns out that's, yeah, it is doing really, really well. It's very strange for me. I'm used to no one really listening to my podcast. Well, good. Well, Welcome, welcome here. Nobody listens here. It's great. <laughs> yeah, it's going really well. People love Poirot. They really do. Out. They really do. Yeah. What's the most great. interesting thing you've learned from the podcast? Like with people writing in and and responding to to episodes. Yeah, I think mainly just the the number of people that love it, like really love it, and from all over the world as well. Like it's mad the the kind of reception we've got. Um. You know, obviously, I work with Adam Roach, regular of your of your podcast. I'm trying to outdo mm-hmm. him now with the number of appearances in your podcast. So. Well done, well done. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Adam's used to this kind of international acclaim, and I have some international listeners on my book podcast. But yeah, it's just mad. Like we people really like Poirot, and it's so lovely to see. And everyone that loves Poirot just seems to be really nice. I think there's a, there's a correlation there. Good, good. Yes. We're going to go in a different direction today, slightly to different. Nice we're going to talk, yeah, we're going to talk <laughs> about your love of crime, specifically yeah. true crime. So where does this start? Where does where does Frankie get this dark obsession with crime and the <laughs> nasty things that go on in our in our heads? So I feel like just with a small caveat. I don't like committing crime. <laughs> just like legally, I have to really spell that out because yeah. I just in case any law men. Are listening is that a word i i don't commit crimes i'm a very good girl <laughs> very good, boring good. yes um, and i don't think we have any law people listening to this podcast good but just in case yes total law-abiding citizen here uh so my fascination and love of true crime i would say undoubtedly came from my father who i guess he's always been I don't know if you know this. Here's quite a lot of books on things. Um, you've seen the... the... I've seen the Instagram <laughs> post. Oh yeah. my. Yeah. And he 
when I, when I was growing up, me and my sister would always just read loads of stuff that's like lying around the house. Probably quite irresponsible of him to just leave it lying around the house, but it's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, murder case books. I don't know if you know that magazine series, murder case books. I don't know if you've ever seen it. No. But they were, no. it's like a collector's magazine and it was all about serial killers, <laughs> murderers and awful crimes and things like that. And all the big hitters as well, like the gold star killers were featured. Mm. So we just grew up with it really. And I, it's, I think one thing that I found quite reassuring about it in the last few years is that actually it's very popular true crime. So I don't feel too much of a psychopath for saying it yeah. out loud on a recorded medium. <laughs> Yes, that no one will listen to. Um, <laughs> it, you're right. Like, mm. I wonder with the like proliferation of, of podcasts and then like Netflix series that have mm. kind of like, delved into this stuff, if like people didn't know how popular true crime actually was, it always seemed to be this section of the bookstore that like was kind of at the back. And I don't know about you, but like nobody seemed to go back there or just creepy people went back there. Yes, but yes. People are really fascinated by true crime. Yeah, absolutely. And it is really interesting because I think a lot of, like you say, it had that for a long time, I think definitely in like the the 80s, 90s, had like a kind of the dodgy corner of the bookshop feel to it. But actually, I think if, you know, you should go back in history, people used to go to executions and hangings and, you know, court and stuff. It's always Mm -hmm. been a fascination of the public consciousness and particularly Victorian England, you know, they did that shit better than anyone. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love I love teaching Victorian literature because Mm. you get to kind of go like, well, there's the Victorian stuff of like, you know, covering up piano legs because that's racy. But then who did Jack the Ripper kill? Like prostitutes, like there's this dark, dark underbelly. And it all seems to happen at the same time, like the, you know, the the, the Penny Dreadfuls and the and the George Eliot's coexist. Yeah. And, and like the fascination with like seances and, you know, really macabre, dark stuff. And even the way that they, you know, celebrated, celebrated, I guess, mm. dealt with death, you know, with mm. the mourning periods and things like that. It's all very goth and uh, something I really appreciate. The, um, uh, I, I don't know what the, the actual technical term is, but the, the, the photography of dead bodies. Yes. That's creepy, so creepy. Right? So creepy. But yeah. then like, you know, I see things today on instagram of like you know young people taking selfies with you know at open caskets so is it all that creepy like it's just different (laughs) very very weird people yes yes yeah yeah and you (laughs) the other goth kid kid that's a bit tenuous yeah (laughs) so how does this how does this develop though as you get older you and your sister are reading these horrifying things probably to each other evil bedtime stories uh, scaring <laughs> yes. each other. Like... well i'm the youngest of um the two of us and uh-huh. mainly how it kind of manifested itself was she would use it to try and torture and scare me um by telling me things like myra hindley's moving in next door and things like that and obviously i knew who that was because i've read the books right so you think little <laughs> things like that to kind of get, pique the interest and just from there, just reading more and more and more, really, and absorbing it as much as possible. And it's, it, it is an obsession in a way. Mm-hmm. I find psychology fascinating. I think that's one of the reasons why I love Poirot so much, right? It's, it's the, he often talks about the psychology of people. And, you know, there's, there's no one more fascinating than a serial killer's mind. You just want to be like, why and how has this happened? Um, I don't know if you listen to last podcast on the left ever. No, no. One of my favorites. 
Okay. They do a whole weird mix of stuff. They do like true crime. They also do supernatural things, aliens, uh-huh. and they're really funny and they're great American podcast. But they always talk about the serial killer soup. Mm. <laughs> what, what makes a serial killer? And oh. often a, a head injury, frontal lobe, delicate okay. stuff. Mm-hmm. And then it's like childhood trauma, usually by a parent and things like that. It's like circumstantial, circumstantial? I don't know how I say that word, circumstantial. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Evidence. Mm-hmm. And and then the kind of the chemical imbalance and, and throw that in with a bit of childhood trauma and you've got yourself a fine serial killer soup. Mmm, <laughs> tasty. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, Sounds I'm like a... I'm a little worried. I'm just thinking of my own life. Just a little, little, little bit. How's your head? Yeah. <laughs> I, have a, I have dropped a box of books on it once. Um, yeah. Um, anyways, um, I'm sure I'm not a serial killer. Um, very, That's good. Very, yeah, very certain. Um, it feels like you're like me thinks the lady doth protest too much. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I'm not a serial killer. I'm yeah, serial I'm, killer. I'm, I'm not. I'm really not a serial killer. <laughs> I'm definitely not a serial killer. Um it is fascinating to me how how interested people are in in that kind of dark thing because I do think like I'm wondering if it's not well we've all had kind of dark thoughts what would it take to go over the edge with that is yeah. that the like is that the fascination not not for you personally you don't have to admit too much here on the <laughs> podcast the but, are listening. yeah <laughs> yes um, hypothetically allegedly mm. um, you know <laughs> is it is it that like you know what? What would take? What would it take for somebody to step over the line? Um, mm. And but also, there's that fascination of, um, you know, it could be the person next door, the, the 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 archetypal statement. He was a nice and quiet man. Um, oh, I know. Never had any trouble with him. You know. That's the thing. Yeah, often you hear that, and you just think bullshit. <laughs> 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 you never had a conversation with him. You waved when he picked out the post from his mailbox or whatever. Yes. And that was the extent of your engagement with him. I think if you spent more time with him, you might be a little bit concerned about some of his his proclivities, perhaps. Yes, yeah. Like to how, think, but how his garden keeps getting shifted around. <laughs> yeah, lots of the, turned earth. <laughs> the flies around him. Yeah, there's the there's a case in Canada. I haven't heard about it recently, but it was um that guy the, who buried the things in the gardener one. The, the pig farmer guy. Oh, Robert Picton. Yes. Yes. yes yeah. yeah. People think Canadians are so nice. We're really not. <laughs> We're really not. True. No, no. And do you know about the Bernardo killings? Yes. Yes. So yes. that that Barbara is, and Paul Bernardo. Uh, uh Carla Homolka. Carla and, Homolka, that's it, and Paul and, Bernardo. And, and Paul Bernardo. Yeah. So that was going on when I was a young person, like probably five or six. I actually know people who grew up in St. Catharines, um, which is not that far from where I I grew up and am currently situated, but two hours away, I guess. And uh, yeah, that was like horrifying. They were, yeah, yes, they were yeah. quite yep. horrific. Yeah, yeah. They were kind of, I would say, your version of uh, Mara Hindley and Ian Brady that we had in the UK. They're probably the same sort of vibe, although they didn't kill kids, did they? Um, it was, yeah. No, it was, well teenage oh yeah it was his oh my god it was her sister wasn't it, it was one of them Jesus. she was one of them yeah yeah, yeah. no they oh, so yeah dark. absolutely horrifying mm. absolutely horrifying when it all kind of came out and awful yeah, and also he was of... he tried to have a rap career which is probably the biggest crime of all yes 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 <laughs> well you know we did have snow 
um, if you've never heard the song Informer, um, that is that is a, a crime against humanity. I'll, I'll send you a link someday. Thank you. I don't think that made it over here. I'll make you. A, I'll make you a playlist, Frankie. <laughs> Thank you of like serial killer music. <laughs> yes, songs that are comparable to serial killing. I don't know. Really? Yeah. Yes. Do <laughs> you know the comedian? Do you know the comedian Tom Green? I do you know the t- comedian Tom okay. Green? Yeah. He was he was part of a rap group as well. I did not know that. Oh, they were called Organized Rhyme and they were awful. <laughs> oh, but was he oh. doing it as a joke or did he mean it? Um, it's it's hard to tell. He it's before his his kind of comedy career took off. Right. So yeah, okay. no, yeah. Oh, you I'm are in for a treat. You are in for <laughs> I'll I'll link to a Spotify playlist in the show notes. <laughs> oh yeah, everyone join the fun. Listen yes. along. <laughs> yes. Terrifying people with the with the music. Does this spark your interest in crime fiction? Yeah, undoubtedly. I think there's a lot of crossover. And yeah, it has to do, really. I think anything, mm-hmm. anything God, anything crime related makes me sound very, very dodgy. <laughs> yeah, and anything that's, I feel, I think when you look at true crime, because sometimes some of the true crime cases that you read are so hor- horrific, you almost think there's no way this is real. And if you read that in a crime fiction book, you'd be like, this is completely unrealistic. Mm-hmm. But it does happen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the it, fact that the fact that Psycho and Texas Chainsaw Massacre are based on the same true yeah. crime thing and Psycho doesn't even come close. No. And Texas Chainsaw Massacre kind of goes overboard. But like yeah. there's this there's a sweet really spot in the middle of the two. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> You don't want to but be in the not, middle of that sandwich, but that yeah. no, 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 and mm. you don't want to you don't want to eat that sandwich either. Oh no, definitely not. <laughs> I think you're Robert Picton again as well. Oh yes, yes. Mm. Well, you know, if if I were to ever, I have offered actually to help you get rid of a body if you ever needed it. Not you that, have. Yes, um, pigs apparently are the way to go. I've learned from Deadwood. I've, I've seen Snatch as well. They talk about it in that, don't they? Yes. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really appreciate that offer. Thank you. And I think actually one of the greatest compliments I've ever received from a few of my friends is <laughs> if I were to ever accidentally kill someone, that they would phone me to help them dispose of the body. And I really, I really take that as a compliment that they think that I could, I could swoop in there, get it sorted, and get them get them off scot free. <laughs> I feel like you've done the history, you've done the research in advance, like how you know how would this play out in a true crime story? What mistakes have been made in the past? This is the yeah. thing. Again, if I accidentally killed mm-hmm. somebody. Accidentally. This is the thing. It's not if someone phones you up and they're like, I've accidentally killed 14 mm-hmm. people at different points <laughs> in <Whoops>. history. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. Can you help me dispose of a yeah. body? That's slightly yeah. different to, oh, you know, accidentally hit someone on the head or whatever, or they fell yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it would look bad or like, you know, circumstantial yeah. evidence is going to make me, you know, look guilty. Yeah. Or they were a real dick or something. Yeah. Like, then it's fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I am Frank- joking. Yeah. Frankie, can you help me with this book? Like, what should I do yeah. if I was in this situation Quite again? Absolutely. I mean, for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I think as well, I, I read true crime as a kind of a guide to avoid being murdered as well in a lot of ways mm-hmm. you know which you know not a victim blame it's no one's fault it's i mean it's the yeah. killer's fault really so yeah. i don't want to victim blame anyone but at the same time if i can avoid it i'm gonna try yeah that's my goal yeah <laughs> to not be murdered. I, I think my awareness of these stories have like you know don't go down that alleyway um you know the, the person inviting me to 
make out in the cemetery might not be might not you you told that story on the very first episode of uh red and buried can yeah. you tell that story again yeah we read true crime books that that episode and mm-hmm. i read one about it was set in south africa um about the graveyard killings there's a bit i'm gonna i can't remember how to pronounce it and i'm gonna shame myself the belcom i think it was pronounced uh graveyard killings and a very lovely young man was lured to a graveyard by an attractive girl being like let's meet up and go on a date in the graveyard and i did just point out and as much as i love graveyards i love graveyards mm-hmm. i just don't think it's a good meeting place for a blind first date no red flag so, and turns out big red flag i would think so i mean this yeah. guy obviously was really um lonely i'm gonna say it that way and not really horny so i think he <laughs> really just is like look anything i'll go anywhere for this so he went and unfortunately was brutally murdered by her and her boyfriend and it's really really sad but i do just think take a big lesson from that mm-hmm. and don't go to a graveyard on the first day at night as well no. at no. night yeah come on yeah well uh, I, I hearing that story saved me so you know welcome <laughs> so but a day a day date in a graveyard with someone that you've met before wonderful second date absolutely perfect second date location suss them out do they seem like a sociopath yeah do they like graveyards in the same way that you do Mm -hmm. you know appreciate the artistry of a good graveyard yeah yeah Mm. and and the history exactly i'm actually and you don't have to leave this in because it's probably very boring i am actually working on a, a a secret well not it's not really a secret i'm working on another podcast just by myself about graveyards oh yeah just going to graveyards and checking them out <laughs> uh kind of well the idea is i i pick a i pick a grave in a graveyard uh-huh. and i do a deep dive not physically on the person <laughs> that i find i'm not digging them up metaphorically digging yes, them up yes. frankie prefers fresh <laughs> exactly so I'm yeah totally i'm not edgining it no yeah. i'm totally leaving this all in <laughs> so that, that's that's my i'm working on that at the moment but i'm being a bit slow on it i need to do more I was was recently um, driving in southern Ontario, and I can't remember the town it was in, but it was so obvious that like the historic town has been mm. built up, and you know there's lots of suburbs around it and stuff. And you're kind of going in this main highway, and you come to a, a, a crossroads intersection, and it's a graveyard on the one side. Like you don't build a highway that goes into a graveyard. That's clearly something that has, you know, built up around in the, in, in more recent years, but it was yeah. so fascinating. Just go like, we're staring at a graveyard now. Yeah. Like, and of obviously an, an old graveyard, I would have loved to have gotten out and looked around had I yeah. had time. Oh, I love wandering around a graveyard. And I, I, that, that thing of old and new is so fascinating in a graveyard. Mm-hmm. I love it when you see graves that have been overtaken by trees and roots and they're basically fully immersed now in the mm-hmm. land. Like that's the ultimate return to earth, really. You're being mm-hmm. swallowed in. That's swallowed awesome. in. Yeah. yeah or the you know, like the the implied stories of of um you know when you you see something and just the, the way things are phrased on yes. tombstones or you know a, a really short life indicated and you know yeah no it's fascinating it's this thing I, I get a bit there's a there's a, a church not too far from where i live and we I was walking around it one day and reading the tombstones and loads of them had they fell asleep as the wording mm. i was like that's dark man because yeah. like as a child if you read that you're like if i fall asleep am i gonna end up in this place yeah. like that would freak me out a little bit but goth then you hear the stories of like people who actually did fall asleep and almost got yeah. buried alive 
Yikes. Yeah, that wouldn't be fun. No, no. I can't wait for that podcast. I'm very excited. Oh, I have to actually... I've written one page of it. I need to... (sighs) write some more of it. writing po- writing podcasts is the worst obviously i've never done it before clearly because mm. i'm just a talker but oof. i mean i make notes for the poirot podcast but to actually script it is a different thing yeah so yeah yeah this is why I, I, scripted, so <laughs> I sc- i've scripted the the twin peaks podcast oh yeah the the sub thing on on lynch and i've like i'm halfway through episode yeah. two but it just takes forever it's so long and takes so much work it's so much it easier makes... and more fun talking to people isn't it isn't it yes. seriously but then you look like how does adam bloody do it i don't it's just ridiculous the amount yeah. he writes as well yeah no I, I was speaking to him about it and he was like how how long are you gonna make the episodes and stuff and i was like uh not as long as yours <laughs> thank you probably gonna be about oh. half an hour <laughs> I know from doing like academic presentations, a a 20 minute presentation is about eight pages, double spaced Mm -hmm. typed. So a five hour podcast (laughs) on Cary Grant. I just, I can't even imagine. It's an encyclopedia. Yeah. 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 Do do a book. I mean, well, you know, it's, it's incredibly impressive. So it's just, it's next level. I had to keep, he was asking me questions about it and I was like, look, it's not going to be good like yours. So let's not pretend I'm not going to do voices or anything fun like you do. So yeah. 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 I, um, yeah, that, that I, I, it's an experiment. It's one I want to keep trying. I do, I do love David Lynch and want to keep writing, keep doing those, but it's a whole other level of preparation that yeah and then the editing and trying to make it sound good yeah yeah totally different yeah i'm already just the thought of just talking into a microphone by myself is already quite horrifying to me i need to get over that so yes yeah it It may never see the light of day (laughs) well Well, i'm gonna put this in so you have to do it sorry yeah i do have a good name though grave matters (gasps) I like that. Thank you. I do. I do like that. Thank you very much. I'm pleased with that one. Get a, get the Instagram account now. I've done it. Okay. Good. 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 <laughs> good. I've got, Wait. I've got, you I've might got... you might be popping up in my suggested follows already. Possibly. So yeah. Yeah. It's not much on there at no. the moment. <laughs> but you could like have people send in photos of graveyards from all over the world. Yeah. That, that would be the dream. And even just to travel and go visit different places at some point mm-hmm. would be really fun. I know mm-hmm. I've done, I've got my first one. I know the second one's going to be. And then after that, I'm going to yeah see where I end up, I suppose. Oh. Yes. Well, anything I can do to support you. If you know any good graveyards locally, you can send me things from any interesting tombstones. Sure. If I ever go back that way in Southern Ontario, and I think there's a good chance I will, um, I will absolutely stop in and check that out. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. So, anything more on true crime? Um, I guess I'm trying to think of, I mean, I do find it fascinating how, oh, here's a thing I find fascinating about true crime, right? Mm-hmm. It's people that love, that who are like follow true crime and then fall in love with serial killers. Is that not fascinating? That is very, very unnerving to me. Isn't That's it? That's the part that I just, I'm like, oh, I don't see that. No. I don't get yeah, my brain doesn't go there. It's like, but. oh, you like a bad boy. That's one 
He's such yes, a mad boy. Yes, yes. It's we're not talking smoking in the boys' room here. We're talking <laughs> dismembering and we're talking eating. about a body count. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It is mad. And also, for the most part, I would say most of the serial killers are pretty gross. Like not only their actions and their personalities, their physical appearances. So I I'm fascinated. Like Richard Ramirez had a, like a fan club. Mm-hmm. And he's gross. Mm-hmm. He's known yeah. for his gingivitis and his terrible breath, <laughs> and he had a fan club. Of but I can change him, Frankie. I can change him. <laughs> I can get him some mouthwash, and it will be great. Yeah, I have no idea. It's just I find that fascinating. I'll get him on my dental plan. It'll be fine. <laughs> oh. oh, you guys have that sort of thing over there. Of course. Yes, yes, we do. We do. We do. Wow. Yeah, it, I, that, that boggles the mind. And then occasionally something funny happens, like when Charles Manson had that fian- that really young, hot fiancé, and it turns out she was with him because she wanted to sell his body when he died. <laughs> That's <was> pretty funny. <laughs> you know, anyone else I would feel bad for. Right, exactly. Manson, yeah. Kind of deserved it. I don't know why he was so against the idea. I thought he would have enjoyed the pageantry of it because, you know, he liked the little show, didn't he? Yes. Cool. Yeah. I mean, there was that, there was that period. Um, was it the nineties? Mm. Late eighties, late early nineties where like he was doing interviews all over the place. He was yeah. really kind of selling his, his image. He, he, um, he really played up to the camera and did his little things. He, and- he seemed to enjoy the publicity of it all. So yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I guess he we found we found the line for Charles Manson. Who knew? <laughs> yeah, no, that was too far. Yeah, no, I want to die in peace, and I want yeah. to find whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's my body. Yeah, exactly. My body, my choice. All right, Charles. <laughs> it's not oh, what that's yeah. for, but sure. that gets that gets appropriated quite <laughs> quite in quite interesting ways these days. So well, yeah, it really does. Why not? Why yeah. not? Yeah. <laughs> I mean the the falling in love thing is weird. I really just weird. I don't get it. Like, no. admittedly, you have, to, you have to be. I, I can't. Maybe if they, it was like a, an exceptional case of, you know, you hear these cases of of people who fought back against their abusers and gone uh-huh. through all these things. That I, I kind of, you know, you can understand that. But when it's and Ted Bundy, you know, he's he wasn't even that good looking, but people are just losing their minds. I don't know if it's. I don't know what it is. I would love to know. I I I don't know. I don't know. You need to get I, one of them on on your podcast. Yeah, yes, be, yes. What are you a geek yeah. for? I should be in love <laughs> with serial killers. Yes, yes. I really enjoy the idea of somebody who's taken someone else's life and ate their spleen. I think mm. that you know that's yeah. We're yeah. all just meat. <laughs> I I. I guess I mm. don't know. That's not one. That's yeah. I yeah. I'm gonna make a statement right now. I will never have a somebody who's married a serial killer mm. on my podcast as a fan. Okay, I might if anyone wants to. <laughs> so, don't if this graveyard one doesn't doesn't work out. Yeah, Frankie, I would. I'm Frankie's here for you. I just want to ask a hundred thousand questions and maybe get them some sort of therapy and give them a hug or something not physically yeah. i don't want to go to any of them but you know yeah no, clearly not <laughs> yeah, yeah keep yeah. sharp objects away don't want to tell them yeah. where i live <laughs> <laughs> so you're moving house <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> trying to oh are you taking all your serial killer books with you of course yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
I do laugh often. So my father, who I've talked about already, mm-hmm. who was a pretty weird guy. I think I said that on the last episode that I did with you as well. Uh, he was pretty <laughs> weird. And he had a lot of weird collections. And one of the many collections I've now inherited since his passing is his knife collection. <laughs> I have about 40 or so knives now. All illegal. <laughs> I shouldn't say this on the podcast. <laughs> They're all illegal. Allegedly. Um, no, they definitely are in this country. <laughs> like, really, really are. Um, and I, when, when I was in the process of going through his stuff, we were going away and I dumped a bag on my desk. And when I got back from where we'd been, I came back and on my desk was about 40 or so knives. <laughs> parcel tape because it was just in the bag and a small jar of vaseline on my desk and i thought wow if anybody broke in they'd probably think this was a kill kit that, and that might be the best home security system i've ever heard <laughs> just, just freak them out really like oh dear lord i don't want to mess with this woman like, yeah <laughs> this one's got issues but it just made, made me laugh so much i've got a photo of it because i was like this is so funny just yeah a, a scattering of many knives of different sizes and types and a small top of vaseline that's funny that's you have to laugh right <laughs> yeah no the, the, the weird stuff that we collect i'm you know i'm terrified of inheriting my my mother's royal daltons but i mean that's you know, a bit safer it's a, probably whole, whole other issues but they never say you shouldn't run with Royal Dalton. <laughs> so, no, that's true. That's true. But I really would like them to be stopped at the border and say, no, sorry, we don't allow these in the country. No. Yeah. I went driving back. So I found all the knives in, sounds worse and worse, in his storage unit. Uh, so, <laughs> to the point where if, if my dad had left the house more, I think we would have, I would have assumed he was a serial killer, but he didn't. So that was fine. And when actually when we went to the storage unit, we gave it a knock first to check that no one was being kept in there. It was fine. Everything was legal and fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. Uh, but when we were driving back, I thought, oh my God, if we get stopped by the police, I've got an arsenal of weapons in the car. <laughs> this isn't good. No. So I'm going to no. get a weapons chest or I'm going to make the knives out chair, you know? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the only way to deal with 40 knives. <laughs> <laughs> put them in the basement don't tell anybody oh yeah with all the bodies <laughs> allegedly allegedly yeah allegedly sorry we do have to keep saying that just just yes. in case any that, law that people covers a multitude of sins allegedly doesn't it apparently mm. so legally yeah. yes yes we're, in your we're, face, on, lawmen. we're on very safe ground here um yeah. not being a lawyer or but i've seen tv so. i I I too have seen TV. Yes, I'm aware of it. <laughs> so I am very up to speed on all of my rights. And that's the other thing as well about reading true crime. I am convinced I can solve murders now. Between Poirot and reading so much, I'm convinced that I'm just I hope... the rogue cop needed on the yes. on the force. To... Yes. If if you happen to find yourself relocated to a small English village, tele- my experience of television says there are going to be lots of murders there. Oh, You're going to have a field day. I, the property prices in midsummer must be really low. <laughs> Why do people keep living there? It has it has a a, a, a body rate of New York City uh, and yes. not per capita. Like there's a like three hundred people in the village. Yeah, <laughs> they're all... all been they've all been murdered multiple times. I can only think they pay people to live there at this point because it's just madness. They they, they must constantly just have empty houses because everyone's getting bumped off. Yeah, it's like Detroit, Michigan. Um, <laughs> just empty houses. Just go in, stay. Yeah, we please. We need the we need the local economy to thrive. Yeah, 
Well, that might be a way to get property taxes down and make houses affordable again. Here's a question for you. Would you yes. ever live in a murder house? Oh, well, I have mm. I have actually slept in a in a haunted house. Ooh. Fun? Yes. Was it fun? Yes. Um, no, it was not fun at all because it also <laughs> had bats, which it oh. did not make for a pleasant night's sleep. No. So it was this property. Um it's it, it's owned by this won't mean anything to you by the Weston family who own in Canada own Loblaws and all that. Uh, right. So it was their property. It was given over as a camp for a while. So it had like it's kind of isolated in um, the um, I can't remember the name of the, the the section of of Ontario. But anyways, so allegedly um the butler had killed himself in in this in this house oh there's all kinds of wonderful ghost stories about this about this location yeah maybe um, not to sleep in like you say no so um yeah i was i was camping there was a scout we camped and we stayed the last night we stayed in this building that the Butler, they, hold on a second. They let scouts stay <laughs> in this haunted oh, yeah. house. No, they don't care about anything. Wow, <laughs> they don't care about amazing. anything. And so I slept on the main floor on a couch with a sleeping bag over my head with bats flying around. I did not sleep a wink that night because um, it was just absolutely terrified the whole time. I was probably 12, wow. maybe 14. I don't know. It was very weird. Now that could be your serial killer origin story. So yeah, I mean, it <laughs> the <you> know, Batman <laughs> allegedly, <laughs> allegedly. Um, but could I, you live in a murder house? I think I could. I think I think I, I, I could. I think I, I, mm. think I, I have like a healthy respect mm -hmm. for the supernatural, but I'm not totally terrified by it. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it depends on the level of murder as well right yeah. like if and was, the number yeah and like if yeah. if there is still staining <laughs> the floor and stuff, <laughs> pull up the be, carpet yeah. help me written in blood no yeah that that yeah. might you know a bit of bleach and it'd probably be fine but i'm not sure i guess i'd have to see it but i think i probably could there's a there's a show in america isn't there where they flip murder houses i think oh that actual tv show i've never seen oh. it but I'm Niche. if it's not it should be and yeah. if it's and if it is there should be a parody version of it I oh, think I would sure. very much enjoy writing that yeah That'd right be, yeah yeah go on, go on do it Mike yeah well, <laughs> well you know I was going to take Larry Wilson's uh screenwriting course I might <laughs> this might be my idea now oh my god Larry will so love he, it yes I think so yeah. like Beetlejuice but like put it in like a real context of like suburban america yeah with a real estate twist yeah <laughs> Which... i got i got nothing else going on at the moment so. there you go yeah exactly you're not uprooting your entire life so no that's a great no idea. no <laughs> yes my whole like my, my whole life is very stable at the moment <laughs> again the lady does just it's got a lot of Alleg from the lady today Alle allegedly, allegedly. Yes, <laughs> yes 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 as, as one of my my close confidants now um <laughs> you actually have become like like my really good friend so oh, i really yeah. appreciate that yeah likewise yeah so. good considering we are very physically far apart yes 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 so if you actually had a body to dispose of i would probably be 
uh, of assistance only by here. Zoom. Yeah. yeah, talk me through it or yeah, just take a really long hold time. Hold your camera. <laughs> Stop shaking your hand, Frankie. I can't see. I'm like, I can't soar and hold it at the same time. Like, <laughs> too dark. Where are the pigs? <laughs> I do live in the countryside, so I'm pretty sure I could find some pigs. If I oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. It's always it's always good to know where the pigs are, just yeah. in case. That's a good tip. That's in case. Tip. Yeah. Yeah. Well, or, yeah. Our our true crime committing listeners, yes, know where the pigs are. Do you also? I don't know if this is just me. When you're walking around like in woodland and things like that, do you just think how many bodies are buried here, or where would I bury a body here when you're doing it? Or am I going to come across a body? I think that's, that a lot actually. Yeah. Oh, and because I I think that's why I'm always I've always really wanted a dog because it's always dog walkers to find the bodies, and I think I'd be a really good person to find a body. I think I'd be I good think, at it. I think you. I think you would be. I think that that's a very, very interesting tagline on a Tinder profile. <laughs> I'm just. I'm thinking about that. It's. You know. It's. It's lucky that I don't need to be on Tinder. <laughs> at least yeah, I would struggle. I, <laughs> so. Yeah. Like, not, yeah. Not on Tinder. Can't imagine myself on Tinder. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's for the. But best. were I to go on, mm -hmm. it would most likely to find a body. Well, yeah, there's plenty of them out there. Yeah, and they're just, according to true crime and actually just crime fiction, mm -hmm. I mean, it's amazing we don't trip over them every day. Well, this is the thing. And even talking about the the, the murder house thing, like I, I was speaking to a friend about it, right? and she's a big old wuss bag, bless her. She's a really old mm -hmm. rimp. And I said, Would you, could you do it? She's like, oh, my God, no. Like, she even got freaked out when I put my hands on a tombstone. It freaked her out so much. I was like, well, the body's not, in the tombstone you know yeah down yeah there. And I didn't, yeah. they didn't wipe it on the tombstone or anything but the way especially in you know it's in england and a lot of our houses are very old chances are a lot of people somebody died somebody's died there surely yeah, of course yeah. so yeah. if you start getting funny about it i think the whole the whole societal approach to death in the uk i don't know if it's the same as in canada i guess because we had the whole victorian thing everyone's mm -hmm. very funny about death it's a very not talked about thing i don't know if it's yeah the same for you we still we still like there's a lot of euphemisms it is interesting mm. when you talk about it and i'm somebody who be, you know because i study literature uh, language really matters to me so mm. like saying somebody expired doesn't really mean anything like i'll Lost tend to use words yeah. yeah oh they or you know you get the monty python oh well they shuffled off the moral decor <laughs> like no they died. they died and people it's interesting to watch people's reactions to that like yeah People yeah. don't know how to re respond. Um, so the, I, I find it really fascinating. And I, I consider myself to be a very, this is sound, again, not a serial killer, but a death positive person. I'm a big believer in talking about death because it's going to happen. Like I've been playing yeah. for, I've been paying off my funeral for years. So I'm all covered for if I die because I don't, I think it's unfair for other people to have to pay for my body. But mm -hmm. I just think denying that it's going to happen is stupid. Mm -hmm. And giving it silly language, like you say, is stupid. Mm -hmm. So just call it what it is. I think, you know, we could learn so much from so many kind of native um, peoples, indigenous people, how they celebrate death. And it's mm -hmm. a huge part of their culture. Yeah. It's just like we're so repressed in, the, yeah. in our countries. Just the Irish. I mean, yeah. we could learn a lot. From, like the, Yeah. The idea of like a wake of actually, you know, being with the body. Yeah. Um, 
I've, I've, I took a course in my undergraduate called um, Death and Dying, something like that. That's and it was amazing. one of the most fascinating courses because it's like how cultures, different cultures respond to death. And like, you know, uh, I think it's, is it in, in Jewish culture? Like where mm. you, you actually wash the body. That's part of the ritual. The family washes yeah. the body. I think um, it's the same in some Islam and um, parts as well. Yeah. yeah. Like that seems to me to be really interesting. I remember going to a funeral of someone um, I'd actually worked with this this guy. He was older. He was in his 70s when I worked with him. And I didn't realize he'd been sick. And I kind of missed a few things. And then suddenly he was dead. Oh. And I show up to his funeral. And I've been to way more funerals than I probably should be um, at my age. But I went and it was an open casket. And I didn't oh. know it was going to be an open casket. And like, he didn't quite look right. And it really, right, really f freaked me out. Mm. Um, but I remember... I remember how important that was when my grandmother died mm. to see her body, like to actually know that that was something. But I know that like we try to shuffle that off and we don't want to yeah. do talk about that. And Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? I can, I can totally understand the closure in seeing it and mm -hmm. wanting to see it. Yeah, I totally get that. And everyone does deals with it in different ways. But I just think if we, talk, if we all talked about it more and prepared mm. for it better, when it happened, it wouldn't be so horrific a shock and it wouldn't yeah. be so devastating. Is yeah. Annoying, really. Yeah. No, I agree. I was actually on a panel. I don't know how I got invited to this because I was the film guy on a death panel, and like one person oh, was there. Oh yeah. No, it's uh, I. I have a very, I have a very morbid background for some reason. Um, yeah. So I was the film guy, literature guy, talking about like how film represents death, and mm. I was clearly the odd person out because it was like a, a like a, a chaplain, and then somebody who's like his whole thing is environmentally friendly disposal units for bodies, like yeah. so coffins and things like that. And so interesting. Yeah, it was a really interesting panel. And then every once in a while, I'll go like, so how did people do that in movies? I'm like, oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I think I was just watching a lot of Bergman at the time, and the guy who organized the panel <laughs> kind of knew me. So I was like, yeah, you could talk about death. Sure. That's awesome. Yeah. That's a cool I get, panel to be on. Sometimes I get invited mm -hmm. to weird things. That's great. Yeah. Nice. As long as it's I not graveyards. Yeah. On dates. <laughs> on dates. On, on dates. first dates. Blind yes. dates. Where yeah. the boyfriend shows up to. Yeah, that's a bit of a. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Man, you put yourself out there. You know, you you, know, you made you yourself vulnerable. Yeah. yeah. You, or maybe you did, but clearly not that. Yeah, that was. Yeah. That there are there are better places to have threesomes than something creepy. I'm sure there are. I I heard I've heard. Yes, allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> Oh, Frankie, where can people find you on social media if they want to follow you? You are a great follow on social media, by the way. You're very kind. Uh, I, If you want to follow just me, I don't know why you would want to do that. As long as you don't follow me home. Huh? Uh, it's Frankie <laughs> is swell uh, on all of them. And then also I do two other podcasts, uh, the Red and Buried podcast. And then also, uh, I remember to talk about it this time, Labors of Hercule, which is the Poirot podcast that I do with Adam Roach. Uh, mm -hmm. You should follow them all because it's fun. Yeah, they are fun. I'll link to them all, all in the show Thank notes. You. And I don't have to do an audio drop-in to uh, to mention Labors of Hercule. To yeah, sorry about that. It's all right. No, it's fun to do. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. All right. Thank you so much for your time. You Thank are, you for having me back. You are an unbelievably kind and generous person so I, I i don't know you're insane but thank you for putting up with me yet again and having me back <sighs> you crazy person <laughs> and you are one of the few people i would help 
shift the body so now we've got that recorded yeah, yeah so for them to play in court allegedly <laughs> allegedly <laughs> thank you for joining me on geek four you can follow the show on instagram and twitter at geek four pod or me on twitter at mw voice if you listen on apple podcast click the subscribe button and consider leaving a five-star review Be sure to join us next time when we learn what someone else is a geek for.